Smith. Pocket holds up. Deep ball. Separation. Tyreek Hill. Goodbye, Hill. Touchdown, Kansas City. For KC. Fake it. Smith has time. Smith fires. Touchdown. Travis Kelsey. Big statement to open the game for the Kansas City offense. 22-yard strike from Smith. All right, Mackie and Judd back with you live at Radio Rome, all of America. And Matthew Collar is here powered by Sprint. Powered by Sprint. Yeah, all I'm week just long. so powerful, I just flipped the table. And then sprint from, away from and it. And then I sprinted away from it. Yes. That's right. Uh, you can find all kinds of work from him, including five under-the-radar quarterback options for the Vikings in 2018 at 1500ESPN.com, Purple Podcasts from Radio Row. You know what? You know, we've had this Alex Smith conversation for a week and a half, and we even had you know, other perspectives the last couple of days. One of the top handicappers in the country, Brandon Lang, came on and said Alex Smith would be absolutely the best option for the Vikings next yeah. year. Uh, so. The conversation changes when you see the four-year, $94 million extension worth $71 million in guarantees and the draft pick and the bright young quarterback that you'd have to give up. Washington does some baffling things, don't they? I mean, in their, like in their history. He's 39 years old now. It doesn't make any sense. It's the most Washington football team franchise thing to do under Dan Snyder is to sign a guy or to make a trade for a guy that is only slightly better than the guy you already had yeah. and then sign him to the contract that you probably should have just signed the other guy to for less than that. Right. Let's, it's, I, they, they, they got away from younger. a really bad Kirk Cousins contract and then got into like a really bad till he's 39 years old. Yeah, Alex Smith I, I mean, I think that Alex Smith is better than Kirk Cousins, but by percentage points, not by 50 percent or 20 yeah. percent, but only by a little bit. So if you could have had Kirk Cousins for the same price, you're talking about Cousins prime from 30 to 35 quarterback prime as opposed to Alex Smith's late prime. And he's coming off of his best year, which always makes you concerned about signing a guy to a giant contract yeah. when he's just come off of his best year because he's never done this before. And they don't have a great defense. So what do they do? Give away one of their best defensive players. Yeah. That seems like a, a great prime idea. nickel corner, right? So I, I think this whole bungling by the Redskins actually goes back to the fact that from day one, they did everything wrong with Cousins that they possibly could. I mean, he was to the point now where he, he didn't want to go back. And I, I'm with Phil. When I saw that trade at first last night, I'm like, okay, well, one year left on the contract. Potentially yeah. you extend him eventually. And then to come back with those terms. And this market now is going to be crazy. And you know who should be the happiest person on the face of the earth right now, Matthew Collar? Case Keenum. Because if I'm Keenum, I'm thinking I get, I get a call from my reps this morning, and we're thinking – we're going to do pretty well for ourselves somewhere. If you're Case Keenum, you are calling Mike Zimmer's house at 2 a.m. and hanging up a bunch of times, and you're <laughs> doing anything you can. You're taking any trophy the Vikings have and putting it in the back of your car and driving around the parking lot, anything you can to get them not to franchise tag you. <laughs> you, you are faking an injury the, any way you possibly can to, you, I, you know, whatever. But Keenum should want a contract somewhere in this range and after the season that he just had he's not going to get it quite that good but you're seeing these contracts just push up and up and up and up and all it takes is one of the quarterbackless teams to believe in him so when Kirk Cousins signs with let's say the Jets 
That leaves the Denver Broncos, the Arizona Cardinals, potentially the Bills, a handful of teams that might be willing to hand out all that money. So if you're him, you're just hoping that the Vikings do not franchise tag you for one year. And then, I mean, then all that money could be lost if he doesn't have a good year next year. Yeah. The, the, here's the problem for the Vikings. If, you, if I could make a list of, like, the five things you have to decide what you're most confident in, it goes something like this. Number one is Keenum... Is Keenum a, f- a flash in the pan or not? Like you have to figure that out. Yeah. And you're you're really not going to know until you until you dive in. Like, you just you don't know. You're going to have to give him a lot of money to find out. Number two, are you confident in Sam Bradford's prosthetic leg? Like that's that's <laughs> yeah. the, the second thing. Uh, and then number three, you know Teddy Bridgewater's odds of doing what basically no football player has ever done before, which is come back from that injury and play at a really high franchise level at that position too. It's all unprecedented. Uh, um, number four might be Kirk Cousins. If you're going to pay him more money than any quarterback in the NFL is, you know, are you confident that he is a top 10 quarterback or top 7 or 8 quarterback? Or are you confident in Drew Brees getting sick of New Orleans in the next two months I, and, I think and signing with you? I just have Brees out of the conversation. I mean, it just seems like he wants to stay in New Orleans. It would be You'd be talking about going away from a team that probably should have won there and felt like they might have been able to beat the Philadelphia Eagles and get back to the Super Bowl. And you're talking about leaving that team, uprooting your family. He's got the three kids, right? We saw him at the Pro Bowl. They were fighting each other on the sidelines and things like that. Like You're going to move everybody up to Minnesota just for one year when you have a Super Bowl-caliber team in New Orleans? Like Probably not, right? And they're going to pay you your money. The Cousins conversation is now ramped way up, but I don't see the Vikings at the very top of that list of teams who are willing to do it because they could bring back any one of these three quarterbacks that they want, and I even think that there might be a chance you could bring back two out of the three, that you could bring back Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Bradford. Let's say you allocate $30 million to your quarterback situation. God, that's and, so much money. But and for, you one say, year, look, for one look, year. Look, guys, both right. of your knees are messed up. We'll give you each $15 million guaranteed, and we'll battle it out in training camp. Whoever wins, wins. The other one, maybe we'll trade you, or maybe you just stay as the backup quarterback because we're really unsure about which direction this could go i think that that's on the list of possibilities i mean with sam bradford's knee issues for his career who's buying into him for their their one and only quarterback the only other option for him might be someone like cleveland so let's say they draft josh rosen or josh allen number one and they just want another guy they want their version of mike glennon well Sam Bradford's a pretty good option there to bring in and battle with the kid at camp and still give you a chance to be better. But if you're Bradford, is that what you really want to do? I mean, does anyone I don't know really want got... to go to Cleveland, period? I mean, that's uh, well, a yeah, much right. broader question. And I don't know when, when you, you've got a chronically bad knee. I don't know that, that you're going to have a huge choice here. So, gun to head, what do you think the Vikings do? Because I still start with Teddy. They're yep. they're yep. they're going to go with Teddy. Given, but and, but and that then, doesn't then, but that doesn't mean that you're that you're wrong in in the sense that I could see a scenario under which they bring Teddy back, have a long conversation, and then franchise case for one year. And if it blows up, yeah, it hurts, but it's it's one year of a cap hit, and then case is gone. So this is not a three-year um, mistake. Yeah, well, that's another option, too, is to franchise tag Case and then try to convince Teddy Bridgewater to sign on a longer-term deal, two-, three-year deal that would also allow them to get out of that deal long-term. But at the same time, if you're Teddy Bridgewater, do you really want to do that 
if other teams are willing to sign you. I mean, the thing with Bridgewater is the Vikings trusted him enough as their, to have their, him as their backup for half the season. So he was one play away from going in. The, the Vikings at least saw enough from him in practice that Mike Zimmer clearly wanted to turn the ball over to him at different points in this season, mm-hmm. at least by the way he was acting in postgame press conferences where he would not name Case Keenum the starter and he criticized Case. It looked to me like he really wanted to turn that ball over to Teddy, which would be an indicator maybe to other teams, okay, this guy's ready to start. He made it through an, an entire half a season of practice. Yeah. If you're Arizona or if Miami parts ways with Ryan Tannehill or a number of different scenarios, Teddy Bridgewater at 25 years old should be very high on your list. I think somebody would make him a starter. So I think if you bring him back, you've got to tell him you're going to be the starter, which means you can't franchise Tag Case Keenum. Yeah, see, I, I'm skeptical. I don't know. You know, I, I'll admit I'm wrong on this if, if and when it happens because teams are very quarterback desperate in this league and there's going to be about eight or nine of them. I don't think anyone's going to just flat out give him a starting job other than the Vikings, because no one's seen him. But I will say this. I like Bridgewater long-term, still. Mm-hmm. I think there's upside worth exploring long-term. He's 25, and like you just said, they felt comfortable enough with that knee to activate him for half the season, one hit away from being the quarterback yep. of a team that was destined for a deep playoff run, or, or, or at least a playoff win, right? He's going to have to be so good right away in this window where you still have a really good defense that can maybe take you back to the NFC Championship game, and you're looking over at Teddy, not long-term Teddy, but right now, 2018, are you going to be good enough right away starting in week one to take this team with a tougher schedule back to where you want to go? And that's why and I, I don't know. And that's why I like the idea of trying to get them both to come back, both Teddy and Sam Bradford, yeah. because if it doesn't look good right away, you could turn the ball over to Sam Bradford and maybe his knee isn't in great shape or maybe they got what the issue was to get another year out of him because he had all those surgeries with the St. Louis Rams but then he played two full seasons and had no problems I mean he played the entire way and was just fine until week one of this last year and with Bradford I think teams would be even more wary to uh, give him any type of contract and make him the starter because it's not just one knee injury like Teddy Bridgewater that he's recovered from. It's a bunch of surgeries, and you feel like if you made him your starter that there's a really good chance he would go down. So, And if you're Sam, you might say, well, I think I could beat out Teddy Bridgewater in, in training camp and in preseason. Right, but to, to that point, if you do that, does Teddy come back to compete with Sam, or does, does he look elsewhere? This is where this whole thing gets really dicey, because part, uh, part of this discussion is based largely on where the Vikings think Teddy is at. Part of this discussion is where do Teddy and his doctors think he's at? Yeah. And if he and if he can go to the Dolphins, for instance, and say, i got a clean bill of health, guys, and the Vikings are telling me I've got to compete with Bradford, but if I come here and Tannehill's gone, that, that's where there's going to be a lot of moving parts potentially here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of those is going to be, does Teddy think that he's fine? So I just am so disappointed by the fact that my Zolgad plan on Alex Smith got blown up. <laughs> but, you know, it's validation I because loved it. it shows you, and there's reports that, like, six teams were asking for a trade, and it oh, is yeah. odd that they yeah, pulled yeah. the trigger two months before they can actually make it official. It's validation, though. We're sniffing around the right stuff Right, here. we're in the right but I, corner. But, but, but if it involves signing him for absurd amounts of money till he's 39, that's I'm out on that. Uh, we got to take a break here. Uh, Collar, we can maybe – I know you're sticking around for a press conference later this afternoon. We can get back into this later in the show. Let's pivot here. 
to some stuff you should know about Super Bowl Radio Row related with Jonathan when we come back. And Lee Steinberg will join the show at 11.30. It's Mackie and Judd from Radio Row. And now, ladies and gentlemen, please rise. Men, remove your caps as we honor America and the Twin Cities sports scene with the playing of Stuff You Should Know About. All right, let's do a little uh, stuff you should know about here. Dave is still sick. Dave got whacked with the flu bug during Super Bowl Radio Row Week, so he might be back tomorrow. We're hoping he gets back by the end of the week. He's questionable to return yes, he to is. Super Bowl Radio Row. DNP. Yes, DNP hovered over the toilet is what's happening with Dave right now. So let's go back to the studio. Jonathan Harrison has a few items, mostly right. football and a Super Bowl-related here, Radio Row drama. Let's start with that, Jonathan. Yeah, this uh, first off, this portion of Mackie and Judd sponsored by Walgreens. Switch your Medicare Part D Boom. prescriptions to Walgreens and start saving today with copays as low as $0 on select plans with Tier 1 generics. Walgreens trusted since 1901. All right, so we'll start with the Radio Row beef. You guys are down there. It's packed. There's a lot of dudes there talking sports and maybe some other stuff as well, but... When do when it tends to happen when dudes get packed together in tight spaces, testosterone steams flow. As happened this morning between two radio hosts in Houston. Uh, the sound really isn't that good. It's filmed from a dude, uh, from another guy from another station on his phone, so you can't really hear it. But it's yeah, the, basically by the way, just the, local the, radio beef. The, the guy who do you have audio of this? Uh, I can I can dig well, it up here. No no no, don't worry about it because it's not. We actually saw half of it play out. It's oh. the, the table next to us. Oh no way! Is the guy? So the guy with the phone, I believe, is Josh Innes, and he's at yes. the table next to us. And so he's now he was in Philadelphia for a while, and he's known as kind of a rabble rouser. You call him a shock jock if you I want. I picked that up from a show this so morning. So he walked over. We saw this play out. He he was just like spewing hot takes for four hours, but he walked over with his phone broadcasting from his phone and picked a beef with this other radio station down the aisle the other radio and, uh, guy went was, viral. So. The other radio guy was former Texans defensive tackle uh, Seth Payne, I believe his name is. Okay, oh, the guy okay. looked like a football player. Yeah. All right. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of... It was very manufactured. I wouldn't say it was organic. It was Seems very like manufactured. It. That's fine. A lot of yelling. A lot of people screaming into microphones, Jonathan. If, if jo I think Josh has uh, gone off to the food court, but he was sitting right next to us a little while ago. We could have pulled him on for this segment. We'll time it better <laughs> for tomorrow's... That's okay. For tomorrow's controversy, we'll I'm okay time with it better. That. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Monday, Major League Baseball and the Cleveland Indians announced this would be the last season they'll use Chief Wa the Chief Wahoo logo on their uniform. Yesterday, Golick and Wingo had NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell on to discuss many things, but one of the topics was the use of the Redskins name and logo. Here's his response. Well, Trey, you, as you know, this issue's been around for yes. uh, several decades, if uh, not longer. And uh, I think the, the interesting thing is Dan Snyder has really worked in the Native American community to uh, understand better their perspective. And I think it's reflected mostly in a Washington Post poll that came out in the last year that said over 9 out of 10 uh, Native Americans uh, do not uh, take that in a negative fashion, the Redskins logo or the Redskins name, uh, and they okay. support it. And so I think uh, the... The focus that we've had is, in any way, is this insulting to the Native Americans, and I think that poll is overwhelmingly positive that they don't. Do you I mean, think the, the Redskins have done a tremendous amount of work here, and I think Dan continues to believe in the name, and uh, I don't see him changing that perspective. 
That's such a classic Goodell response, right? Just like be oh. very be, be very bland for 60 seconds and walk the middle and find some numbers that might be skewed, but back up your argument. How yes. incredibly tone deaf is that? Okay, it's the Redskins. It is, as far as I can tell, easily the most offensive name in all of sports. It is it is a slander, and you're going to sit here and tell me that you you got your hands on a Washington Post poll. And that poll proves that that name is fine. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely. It is. It is so tone deaf. Now, if you want to tell me, you know what? Daniel Snyder sells a lot of merchandise, and that name does really well. And we're not going to change it. I'd be like, well, that's offensive, but okay. That's that's your truth. That's your world. But you're actually telling me a Washington Post poll has emboldened you now to say that this name, which is there's no question, it's not a debatable point, is offensive. Is just fine. Well, Judd. Uh Roger Goodell wouldn't be the first very rich white guy to cherry-pick a poll for his own <laughs> who personal would, game. Who else would do that? Jonathan, what's next? <laughs> who? In Washington? From the Washington Post? Listen, we'll, uh, That's all fake news, Jonathan. I'm what you just, just read was fake news. We're not going to delve into, uh, into Washington politics. We'll, go, we'll come back to Minneapolis <laughs> politics here. Uh, new Mayor Jacob Frey, I believe is how his name is pronounced. He uh, released a welcoming video for all the fans that are about to come in, all Philadelphia and uh, Patriots fans. I'll have you listen to it. It's amazing. Okay. Hi, I'm Jacob Fry. I'm the mayor of Minneapolis. I wanted to welcome you to Super Bowl 52. We've got it all here in Minneapolis. We've got the lakes that encircle our city. The Mississippi River runs right down the center of it. And by the way, when you're at the Mississippi River, make sure to check out the Stone Arch Bridge. It's absolutely miraculous. We in Minneapolis, we embrace the winter in a big way. So it doesn't matter if it's negative 10, negative 20, or uh, 32 degrees outside. We're outside having a ball. A big welcome to the New England Patriot and Philadelphia Eagles fans. For the Eagles fans, don't worry, we're going to be greasing all the lampposts so you feel right at home. So come on out, have a great time, and make sure you come back to visit us again. Are we seriously welcoming the Eagles fans? Oh my god. That's pretty good. I love that. Are we, at some point, let's, I think we have to pump the brakes at some point though on the vindictiveness. You know, nothing's happened this week, right? Have there Not been any I've altercations? Is there been any revenge the, extracted the only Vikings thing, fans on Eagles fans? The only thing I keep seeing, and I've seen this for two or three days now, is they claim that when, when they go to restaurants, the restaurants claim we're well, yeah, booked. It's also like the most popular but, time in the Twin Cities' recent history. But we need, if you go to a nice restaurant, it might be booked during Super Bowl week. That was funny from the mayor, but you're right. We need to get past this. Here's another thing. If you're calling in, if you're an Eagles player calling into a Minneapolis restaurant and you're worried that, well, the last three I've called have been full, air quotes. Maybe don't reveal yourself as an Eagles player on the phone. <laughs> it might yeah, help. Like, maybe don't play that card. I'm Fletcher Cox yeah. with the Eagles, yeah. and I want a table for 60. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm uh, You Nick got a table for 60? Hey, I'm Nick Foles oh, for the quarterback that beat you guys last week. I need a table for five or six. Uh, no, thanks. We're booked. School. Yeah, of 52 of my <laughs> closest friends. We do We do need to get past the stall. I tried to get a hey. false chant going during the media night hey. last night, and no one was following my lead. As I wrote, if if we had been on the other end of that, we would have thought that was the greatest thing on the face of the earth. If we had found a way to mock the Packer chant, we would think oh, this yeah. is great. So 
don't give me this. I'm offended because you took the skull. Well, and we, by the way, the well, skull chant's two years old. Well, we mock the Packer chant every week, yeah. but they lose on our show. Yeah, so. and the skull chant is two years old. It's not yeah. like it's been, you know, ingrained in people since birth there. I just I just find it so funny. Yeah, you know, it's the busiest week in, in years in the Twin Cities, and we tried to book a group of 40 at one yeah. of the nicest restaurants around, and they wouldn't take us. Must be because we're eagles. God. All right, Jonathan, let's do one more. You got one more for us? I got one more. This will be in Judd's wheelhouse. Last night during a timeout in their 2-1 to win over Ottawa, the Carolina Hurricanes finally went back to their roots. They did it. They wow. did it. Like the uniforms, too? No, not just the uniform. Not the nope. uniforms, just the song. Oh. Just Brass Bonanza. Just okay. They went to Brass Bonanza. Okay. Now, so so th- this occurred, uh, Jonathan, during a timeout. This didn't occur after a goal because right. the Whalers used to play that song after goals. But that's fine. I just like it's back. It was just a timeout. The owner, okay. the new owner, wants to get back to the roots. He even wants to bring back the old jerseys at one point. <laughs> oh, he does? Yeah. So that would be cool. Okay. I think those would I'm be making cool. a road trip. If they bring back those jerseys, I'm taking the day off, and I'm road tripping to Carolina. <laughs> Raleigh Durham, I believe. Oh, man. That is awesome. Love uh, Brass Bonanza. It is a great, great song. song. I, I feel like whenever I envision Judd just kind of going about his day in the morning, brushing his teeth or going, you know, <laughs> going down you the hallway, like my that soundtrack? song just playing behind him. This is him. his good morning alarm. That could be my alarm. <laughs> exactly. My alarm clock, my shower song, my brushing the teeth. Yeah, that song could just play, just be piped through my house all day long. On a, on a bright, sunshiny day in the summer, Judd walks outside to get the Star Tribune, and then this song is and just playing. This is going in the, in the background. background right there, and the dog's dancing in the house. Jonathan, I think you're onto something. Oh, that'd be this great. is genius. We need to film a 1500 promo. Just, just do, just you doing that. Brass bonanza just piped through everything I do. I think. At first, I was a little bit like I didn't really understand it, but now I am. I'm impressed, and I applaud Judd for his loyalty to all things 80s, 70s, 80s, and maybe early 90s hockey nostalgia. This this song in, in particular sounds sounds like a song. That, that would have played in a grocery store in 1975. It does. It <laughs> like you'd be shopping. Does. I gotta get some ketchup. Hey, brass bonanza's on. Everyone, this is ketchup. Everyone's got like tight flower bell yes. bottoms on. <laughs> yes, and moo-moos. <laughs> the women are wearing moo-moos. Oh my god. Yes. Oh god. Jonathan, thank you very much. You're welcome. You're awesome. Thanks all for right, finding good us. Good stuff. Jonathan Harrison. He's pinch hitting for Dave. Well, he's been running the board all week, but Dave Harrigan is uh, is out with out with the flu. DNP with the DNP flu. DNP Illen. Can't imagine how somebody gets sick out here. You're shoulder to shoulder with about fifteen thousand other human beings around us. What happened behind us? Von Miller was walking by us, and he stopped right behind you. Oh, did he? Okay. And everyone who was with him, and all all the people that the, are in here, stopped I with get, him. I get that he's one of the great defensive players of this generation. Does he need nineteen people in his in his? Roving PR game. Apparently he does. God. Apparently he does. Um, I feel like they had. It was like they had a team of curlers sweeping the floor in front of him to keep it clean. That was a mass gathering right there. <laughs> Claustrophobic for me. Let's take a break here. We've got. Uh, it's a fun next half hour here with Lee Steinberg, super agent, the inspiration behind the movie Jerry Maguire from the mid 1990s. He'll join us in just a few minutes. And Greg Jennings at the top of the hour. Mackie and Judd live radio row, Mall of America. Judd, take it away. First, I am here to tell you there are more than 65 exciting events taking place on every level and around every corner of the Mall of America all this week. This is your headquarters for the big game. This is a football fiesta. It includes the fan gallery in the media center presented by Microsoft on level three. That's where we are. You can watch broadcasters, pro athletes, and guest celebrities during live broadcasts throughout the week. That's fine. (laughs) I'll just keep going. 
But hey, you say, I want more than that. I'm going to give you more than that. Check out the Microsoft Store, level one on the south end. NFL player meet and greet today from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. Adam Thielen will be there. You get a chance to meet the Vikings, a standout wideout. He's from Minnesota. Locker room by Lids, you say. You'd like to check that out. Well, I'm going to give you a pro athlete who's going to be there as well. Panthers linebacker Luke Keekley from 3 to 4. And then you say, okay, but is that it? And, Phil, I tell you, no, there's more. Because level three, north by Nordstrom's, it's the Mountain Dew Ice Box. Swing by for perfectly chilled Mountain Dew ice samples, charging stations, chill the ice, and more. Make sure to also share your experience by tagging Mall of America with the hashtag BoldNorthMOA on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. It's the Mall of America. Now you can sneeze. Smith, pocket holds up. Deep ball, separation, Tyreek Hill! City. Mackie and Judd hanging out, Mall of America, Radio Row. It is uh, filling up here, to say the least. I wonder, like, if there's unsuspecting people. Like, is it 100% of Minnesotans understand what's going on here? Or do you think there's just unsuspecting shoppers who are wandering through the Mall of America food court thinking, what is happening right now? Uh, Why is this going on? Yeah, you know, that, that might be a problem if you decide, I'm going to go get a bite to eat just real quick. I'm going to Burger King just real quick. i Mall of America. And, you know, this is going to be, what the bleep is this? I'm going to stop at the melt shop for lunch. Oh, my God, that's crazy. Look, a lot of people out here, though. This is very impressive. I'm glad they've all come to the mall because it is your big game headquarters, Phil Mackey. It is. Uh, in fact, you can find a full list of events at mallofamerica.com. Whether it's happening here or all around the Twin Cities, mallofamerica.com is your place to to find out all the happenings I told you. of Super Bowl 52. I'm not going downtown until Sunday. I have I vowed to stay away. Like, and, it's and, too much. Well, I said this yesterday. It's you know, this is a I, I think people think of well, Minneapolis, it's a it's not a major market, right? It's definitely a mid-market oh, and yeah. bordering on major when you include the 2 plus million people in the Twin Cities area. And the fact that you can hold a week-long or 10-day event like this without really using your stadium for anything but the game itself yep. is amazing. I would say one self-serving critique of Radio Row, they drastically underestimated how many different PR people and just like peripheral people that aren't actually sitting at a radio table that like, you need to make room for. Not to mention big people. Yeah. <laughs> yes. When, they when didn't have... estimate for for fat people. When you have dudes like be Tony Baselli and Orlando Pace walking around, they're seven feet tall. They're trying to find the A-gap. The yeah. A-gap don't exist out here. This is this is all tied up. No, I think uh, I, I was told that ordinarily uh, at Super Bowls, this area is bigger, and I can see why. Because when you're trying to get linemen through here, especially ex-linemen, it's a little bit difficult. Yes, exactly. Uh, but it is fun. I mean, today, like, for instance, just to set the scene here a little bit, uh, a, a lot of the the big names will come through maybe for a day, maybe two days, and they might not come in until today or tomorrow. And so we've already seen today Von Miller's in the house, uh, Terrell Owens is Yo, walking by doing yeah. some stuff. I don't know what – I think if you were to ask him, even though he's eligible for the Hall of Fame now because he's been out of the league for so long, yeah. all right, if you – like, are you – would you accept a workout? Are you – I think mentally he'd love to still play. Oh, yeah. And there's a chance if the XFL gets off the ground in 2020, I could see guys like Terrell Owens – That'd Go be, out there, make a few bucks. Vince would love that, wouldn't he? Oh, for sure. That'd be perfect for Vince. In fact, wouldn't that be one of your strategies if you're yes. Vince McMahon? Just go get, because you got to have some big names. Yep. The XFL really didn't. They, had to, they had to manufacture, like, he hate me and no, you, Tommy Maddox was You good. try and get, like, Tebow for sure is my guess. Yeah. T.O. possibly. Yeah. No, you're probably right. 
Yeah. Probably right. Yep. Uh, Lee Steinberg making his way over here right now. There he is. Walking by right now. Lee Steinberg. Lee, right here. Lee, Lee. Steinberg, right here. It's us. You're yep. right here next, 1130. Yep. Yeah. Unless you have somewhere else that people are flagging you for. It's okay. All right. If someone Go pulls you away, we'd love to talk talk to you. And yeah, 1500 right. ESPN Twin Cities. We are uh, we are we yeah, are the actual you. hosts of Super Bowl 52 right here. <laughs> the ESPN affiliate. Go yeah, ahead, throw pop those headphones on. on, and we'll get. Uh, this is one of the legendary John, sports nice agents, you. Phil Mackey. Nice to meet Thank you. you. Um, first of all, the platform is yours. Tell the audience where they can find you, uh, what you'd like them to, to consume. Fire away. <laughs> Your book, you have a book out. Go ahead, Lee. No, uh, uh, I'm excited to be back. I spent some happy years here with Warren Moon starting for the Vikings yeah. and with Wade Wilson starting, with Todd Stucey as an offensive lineman, um, and uh, actually spoke at a... a civic luncheon called meet minneapolis at some point we're doing our super bowl party again for the 31st year with uh and one of the things we do at it is we give humanitarian awards for philanthropic work off the field and this year the executive is rick spielman of the vikings so I mean, he's got an extraordinary heart and has done some wonderful stuff. His personal life is totally giving. And uh, so he'll get that. And then Larry Fitzgerald is our player. And I think uh, nice. and he has a couple of foundations here. One is uh, in his own name and one is in the name of Carol, his, uh, his mother. And his father will be at the ceremony, too. And, um, and then we're doing a brain health summit. Um, for about an hour prior to to our party because I've been involved with this issue forever and ever. And then on one of the things we're doing at the party is um, we've got a live hookup going with the troops uh, from Afghanistan so they'll be able to interact with some of the luminaries and uh, brighten their day. And then Sunday, a Sober Bowl, which is a, an event for people who it may be the only square footage in in the Twin Cities <laughs> that is not uh, besotted with alcohol. Yeah. Uh, so it, it it's an interesting uh, uh, event we're doing on Sunday. Yeah. Back to uh, concussions. It looks like you you have been on that topic uh, for a long, long time now. Is it gratifying to see the league and people uh, catching up to that, or frustrating because? You know, you you were trying to tell people about this in the 90s, and for years and years we said, oh, he got dinged, he'll be fine. So are, are you pleased to see this now or frustrated that it's taken so long for so many people to catch up in concussions? Frankly frustrated because even though I've, we held our first concussion conference back in 1994 with neurologists and, and folks there, and we had players like Troy Aikman and Steve Young and Warren Moon and Drew Bledsoe, there to hear what the experts did. It was so clear that something was wrong in the league in those early years kept telling the players there's no danger and they were they had the studies to show that there were. Um, what's frustrating is that once you realize that it's not just knockout concussions but it's the sub-concussive events aggregating that can cause the problem. So think about this, an offensive lineman 
who plays in high school, college, and uh, uh, pros could walk out of football with 10,000 subconcussive events, oh. none of which have been diagnosed, none of which he's aware of, but the aggregate almost certainly will do long-term uh, problems with dementia and and uh, depression and, and, at the worst, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Yeah. So let's suppose 50% of the moms in uh, this country know those facts until they're teenage boys. You can play any sport but not tackle football. It wouldn't kill football, but it would change the socioeconomics of it so that the same people who box or the same people who uh, do WWE uh, would be the only participants. Yeah, so what's, what's your best guess as to what football looks like in 10, 15, 20 years. I mean, what, I mean, the equipment would have to change quite a bit, I would think, right? Well, first of all, there's never been a helmet that actually did a sensational job of, of preventing concussion. When that energy wave comes in, the current helmet's mostly just protect against skull fracture. They're really not designed for concussion. So there's, if you look into the future, there are new designs that use coil and compression to take the energy flow and dissipate it out. That's one thing. Right now we're seeing teams experiment with no blocking or hitting during practice or training camp. The Ivy League went to that. You can't, uh, my former, uh, my client, June Jones, coached at Atlanta and San Diego, and that's what they did, and, and they did fine. Uh, nutraceuticals, pharmaceuticals, hyperbaric oxygen, um, uh, you know, a whole variety of things because um, the physics of the hit have changed. We're turning out super freak athletes. Oh, my In gosh. In other words. Machines. I, I had a 375-pound tackle that could run a, a 4940. That's amazing. So, so if you imagine that mass of size and moving rapidly and exploding, the G-force is measurably higher at the uh, Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, excuse me, at the line of scrimmage. Right, right. Yeah, Lee Steinberg's our guest, by the way. Judd, go ahead. Why, Lee, do, do you think this took so long? Why do you think it took, I mean, when, when you were telling people about this 25 years back, and clearly it, it was a problem. I mean, guys, guys had to stop playing because of, of it. Why do you think it took the league and the rest of uh, society so long to catch up and say, oh, yeah, you know what? This is a problem. People are potentially dying because of it. Because the players themselves are always in a state of denial. Um, they grow up playing Pop Warner and, and, and uh, Little League. They accept a set of assumptions that, that nobody else accepts, uh, which is that you play under any conditions, you ignore pain, you're stoic about it, you don't complain. So the point is, is that they would have had to recognize um, early on that the changes happening to them were coming from concussion, that the memory loss of the depression were happening because of concussion. And then you had a league which was not real interested in, uh, in delving into this. Remember that they settled their lawsuit with the players, the NFL did, without ever admitting uh, liability. Amazing. Yeah. So uh, I think that's part of the reason. I used to, when people used to ask me, and I'd say, well, it'll take a player to die, okay? And, and now that's happened, and you've had suicides and all the rest of it. So um, 
the awareness just hasn't been there. So, Lee, you have, in your career as an agent, you've negotiated literally billions of dollars in contracts going back throughout the decades. Tell our audience, what's, what's one of the, like, what are some of the quirky things you've ever negotiated on behalf of clients in contracts? What are some of the, take us behind the curtain here for a couple minutes. Well, for example, someone like Warren Moon wanted the number one as his uniform number, um, which you can't exactly put in a contract, right. <laughs> but you can. You can pay for it, I guess. But you can make a deal. I once had a, when you watch a draft and you're watching it, you look at these tables that have all the big helmets and the phones and everything, and you make the assumption these are pivotal figures, you know, in the draft process. Well, they're not. They're just props? <laughs> no, the the equipment manager is there. The real... Oh, yeah. The, no, they just send, yeah. The real action is taking place yeah. here or any other city. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay, so anyway, uh, I was not able to sign a tight end some years ago until I was able to deliver for his mother the helmet and phone that he was actually drafted on. <laughs> You're kidding me. No. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, t toughest uh, executive in your career to n negotiate with. Who was the well, most the maddening? First, the first toughest that that almost convinced me I didn't want to be in the business was Mike Lynn from here in Minnesota. Remarkable yeah. Mike. This is years and years. Oh, who incidentally, when I, I would be here in the summer negotiating for these players, and he says, oh, the weather's always this way. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this is just what Minnesota is. Yeah, it's a bad, um, it's a, it gets a bad rap. It's always 75 But degrees. anyway, he was able to enforce his own uh, uh, pay scale because no one knew what anybody was making at that time, so you, you had no comparative uh, deal. But I would tell you, uh, without question, it's Mike Brown of the Bengals. Um, I had their first-round draft pick in 1987, 1992, 1994, 1995, and 1999. And, uh, you know, he used to say things like, when I was trying to settle a holdout, you know, I'd walk into his office and he'd say, why are you here? And I said, well, the player's been out of camp for three weeks. And he'd say, we have nothing to talk about sometimes in life you win sometimes you lose you lose wow <laughs> thanks mike <laughs> so that was, <laughs> so that was uh that's not real helpful for what you're trying to accomplish no, there. so i felt like even though i had the first very first overall pick with them twice um that i'd been sentenced for some uh, uh evil or uh, malevolent deed in my past i have to deal with him repetitively right. one last thing for you we want to be respectful of your time here it's a busy day radio row but um you you're on you are absolutely back in the game now tell tell our audience to has the lens through which you view agent work and or the nfl changed throughout your journey the last couple decades? Well, I struggled with alcohol, and I know that uh, Minneapolis is a real center. We're doing the Sober Bowl with the Hazelden uh, Clinic, yeah. which is world-renowned and, and respected. Um, it was never anything in my in my uh, work life, because I understood there would be problems. When things started happening with illnesses to my children and the death of my father and different things, um, so what I learned is you can learn, live through any life tragedy, but you don't have to drink over it. And so that's a, a different balance. But um, I've always been real clear that the only thing I'm doing of any importance is, uh, is uh, helping to stimulate the best values in young men and uh, 
and doing social and community programs to make an impact in life. Yeah. And besides that, um, the, that's the only. And my dad brought me up two values core. One, treasure relationships, especially family. And the second is try to make a meaningful difference and uh, help people who can't help themselves. And that's all. I mean, if you're good with your family and you're making a difference in the world, the rest of it, you know, is uh, transient. Yeah. Lee Steinberg, thank you, Lee. thank you so much. It was great to meet you. Nice to meet you. We nice appreciate pleasure. the insight and the stories. He's, act he's active on social media, too. You can find him, Lee Steinberg, on Twitter. Back with more from Radio Row. It's Mackie and Judd. Greg Jennings coming up shortly. Help fight type 1 diabetes by joining 1500 ESPN on channels 5 and 45 at Mall of America on Saturday, February 24th for the JDRF One Walk. Join Team KSTV co-captained by 1500 ESPN's Phil Mackey and Channel 5's Chris Eggert and Megan Newquist and help us raise money for type 1 diabetes research. For more details and to join the team, head to 1500ESPN.com keyword events. Together we can turn type 1 into type none. And this portion of Mackey and Judd brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware, proud sponsor of The Beer Show. Right on. Thank you, Jonathan. Mackey and Judd, we are live every day this week from Radio Row. Food court, third floor, Mall of America, and uh, we've had, thank, I don't know if, if some of you guys are still listening, but we have had some people on the rail with headphones in listening to us and taking photos and sending them on Twitter. So, yeah, you, can, you won't be able to hear the show yeah. unless you can hear really, really well through like a million different There's voices. There's no speakers from our But, you know, you can, you can come up with your phone and you'll be on, on the delay, have your headphones in and take creeper photos and we'll... It's a pretty big fan base you. out there, Phil Mackey. Pretty all, big I mean, they're fan all base. here for us. Oh, no question about it. No question uh, about actually, it. Actually, I just had... I was telling Collar off the air, so Carl Eller, Vikings legend, just walked by. And this is... So when I was in second grade in like 1991, 19, somewhere early 90s... Uh-huh. My dad, who has been sober now for 40-plus years, and, and Carl Eller, had, they, they, had both, they were both working for, I believe, treatment facilities, helping other people get sober and you know, interviewing different people and whatnot. And so they had a work connection. Mm -hmm. And so little, little kid Phil Mackey goes to lunch one day with my dad and Carl Eller at Hubert's, the old Hubert's across from the old Metrodome right. downtown Minneapolis. And so back to that story in a second, but... This, what came of this was my first ever interview in second grade. I did a, a class project one-on-one -on -one with Carl for wow. like 12 minutes on camera. He gave you that much time? And he, nice. said, you know, he said, the only thing is I don't want this to be, like, just make it a class project. I don't want it to be like an actual, like, TV interview. Not that we were going to submit it anywhere, but I think the statute of limitations has passed. It's been 25 years. We oh, should yeah. repurpose it to audio, and we can If you still have it, bring it that back. thing in. I'll try to remember to do that next week. Anyways, every time I run into him, and shake his hand like he doesn't remember me now it's been 25 years but i have reminded him two or three times throughout the years when i've seen him so uh shook his hand here said hi carl he's walking by it reminds me when we went out to lunch that day mm -hmm. my dad goes now philip you don't remember because he played football before you were born but this man went to four super bowls in the 1970s you know very proud dad and carl you know yep. trying to let me know how big of a deal this lunch is mm -hmm. and i Knew a lot about sports when I was in second grade. Shocking. And I said, yeah, and he lost them all, right? <laughs> How'd Carl take so that? So the conversation then could have taken two turns. He could have left lunch right away and said, what is this? What have I gotten myself into? He went the other way, laughed his ass off, 
and patted me on the head and typical said, media it's okay. typical it's okay. media yeah, guy you gotta media. you gotta go negative guy goes to four Super Bowls <laughs> as part of one of the greatest defensive lines in the history of the National Football League yep. and you got to bring up the fact you lost all exactly. four of them all I can bring up are the are the bad memories when you do you have any memories when you were a kid like meeting or being starstruck meeting oh sure or heroes little Judd Zolgad yeah sure sure I, I went to um, my parents used to take me to uh, picture day at Met Stadium for the twins and actually, one of the nicest players that there was is our friend Roy Smalley. Like, he would, he was so accommodating and so nice and spent so much time, like, he would sign autographs and take pictures. Yeah. And, you know, at that point in time, when you're eight years old, you're, you're, star, you're completely starstruck. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, my gosh, Roy Smalley. You yeah, know, for sure. 1979 All-Star. I was nine years old. How does he get his hair to stay like yeah, that? Yeah, his hair is, I still think his that hair is perfect. Um but it always struck me that a guy like that would take so much time for fans because there were a lot of guys back in that day who didn't have time. I actually think players are more savvy and accommodating now. There were a lot of guys in that 70s, early 80s who didn't give a damn. Right. I think there's a lot of pretty savvy guys now who, even if they don't want to spend the time, they know it's going to help them. And so I think there was a lot more... Um, crustiness in that era than there probably is in this one. Maybe, and, and I'd have to take your word for it. I think another component is if you have even one slip-up or moment of being a jerk and someone's rolling on a camera or someone even just tweets out about the incident, it can spread. I mean, oh, wor- sure. your reputation can get ruined. Well, this this might be a bad example because I think she's had multiple moments where she's been caught acting like this, but when Britt McHenry is in a parking ramp and berates this poor woman with the whole, don't you know who I am? I'm a TV star. I will end your career and this and this. Well, that goes out. That happens in the 70s, and it just happens. Yeah, And, and you, you're the only two people who know about you it. You don't find out about and it. now something like that happens, and obviously it's it's Except the label that you carry for the rest Brit of your on Twitter life. every day now berates people. Right, I say. Every I, I, day on Twitter <laughs> now she's berating some yeah, poor soul. she got to give her credit. She is one of the better trolls on. Yeah, she's here, good at it. So. Professional troll. Mackie and Judd, we're live at Radio Row, 9 o'clock to 1 o'clock every day this week. And you can, if you're, if you're not already following our social media accounts, we're putting all kinds of great video content, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at 1500ESPN for all of them. And also, Matthew Collar's been doing a bunch of killer work. He's got an article, if you haven't read it yet today, if, you're, if you were on the Alex Smith bandwagon because you have quarterback beer goggles and dang it, you know, he would have been at least a mild upgrade over what you had. Matthew has five under-the-radar options for... 2018 that the Vikings could if they wanted to kick the tires on. Let's come back in just a few minutes and catch up with former Viking Greg Jennings, now doing stuff for Fox Sports 1 and uh, different Fox platforms. Greg Jennings joins the show next from Radio Row. Mackie and Judd.